This is the Atomic Shawman Sweat Lodge. He brings the heat to smoke the meat. If anybody wants to sell their guns, like, give them, like, show them to me. Yeah. Going low and slow. Should show you the way, brothers. It's a bird. We can debate it. It's a plane. And I think we should. It's Firebat. If your lying ass government wants you to believe in aliens, you should question that. If there's a OSHA regulation. He's gonna get raped in a van down by the river. He's violating it. That's right. The man they call Windigo. You guys are unironically making me want to fucking hang myself. He's the resident sound hound. Guys, don't be like me. Don't get into cars with strangers. The audio wizard in the acoustic blizzard. Damn. Fixed in post editing, bitches. Give it up for Van Rollington. Have you ever seen a prolapsed anus before? <laughs> The graphics guru of digital visuals. Oh, they glow! He puts the Aspen aesthetics. The memes that they're generating is pure comedy gold. The tribal chief himself. And if you look at the board of directors, you'll realize they are all members of the enemy tribe. Klaus Newhouse. I just went in, shook the boss's hand, and he gave me the job. Special guest. He's the cause and solution to the white Russian Kalua collusion. He's Tehano Ruski. For breaking news to breaking bucks, the celebration of white boy summer continues. Welcome to the Atomic Shawman Sweat Lodge. And we're live. Did you do big efforts? Get on arrival. Rip. Oh man. Is his computer crash? I don't know. <laughs> okay. We'll just go ahead and start. Okay. Ah, welcome to the Atomic Shaman Sweat Lodge. We got a fun show did planned not, for today. Did it not? You oh, he's here. It? He's back. You couldn't hear it? No. Were you muted? No. That's you still weird. have to do that in post-production, then. Again with the fucking post-production. <laughs> God fucking damn it. God damn fucking Discord. Fuck this shit. God. Why don't we do this? So anyway. Type? <laughs> we're going to talk about around. some uh, events. <laughs> so the only spooky thing really happening in the news was people were reporting pterosaur sightings. So some were, people were spotting them in Idaho and Pennsylvania. And I found a little clip, but it's not recent. So it's uh, from a few years back, and we'll take a look at it right now. Oh, boy. I mean, you see it flying. Uh-huh. It looks like a pterosaur. I don't think it's a drone. It's okay. I mean, do you think it's like a, like a heron or like some type of... Um... It's a fire bat. Maybe a stork or something with the, like a feathery protrusion. I mean, like if it's an actual thing. Because look, see, they're slowing down. It's zoomed in. There's like a part where he looks down behind him or underneath. Yeah, like that part looks that. more like the part where it starts flying after this looks more real. But like the flying before that looked kind of janky. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah like, it looks artificial a little bit. Yeah. Plus, um, I'm pretty sure pterosaurs used, like, what was it, uh, pressure to fly? So they used, like, air pressure. So you think they're supposed to glide, not really flap? Yeah, they glide a lot more. 
Is that what the science is settled on? Supposedly. I mean, where was this again? So that video was in Idaho, but like there was recent sightings in uh, Pennsylvania. So I don't know if there was recent volcanic activity that possibly opened up a gateway to Agartha and it released them. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I just thought that was interesting to bring up. And then, uh, I guess more BlackRock news, besides buying up all the houses, they want to start using their political leverage to take action on guns and, I guess, removing them from the population. But I haven't really heard much more on how they plan on doing that. Uh, Another news of the Great Reset. There was a bioethicist suggesting gene therapy to make people allergic to red meat. So this asshole, um, if, uh, if you can find the video, he talks about how there's the Lone Star Tick, and if it bites you, you get like uh, this allergic reaction to eating red meat. So he's thinking that they can get the proteins from this bite, infect people with it, and then give you like a uh, intolerance to meat, just like lactose intolerance. So Please. if you thought you were going to resist eating the bugs, think again. They're going to force you to eat the bugs by making you sick enough not to eat meat. Honestly, if they do that, I'm going to fed posts in real life. Like, I'm not not doing that. I saw the video on Twitter, but I couldn't share it. And then I found this article that went more in depth on it on HerculeanStrength.com, but they didn't have the video clip where he explains how they're going to do this. That's a pretty radical concept, though, in order for them to push. And well, so they're not uh, even hiding this shit anymore. They're, like, actually pushing this as... uh, Yeah, they're just rubbing our faces in it. Yeah, you guys remember back a couple of years ago whenever they were doing like the uh, the human meat testing in laboratories, seeing if they could grow like human meat and like Richard to make it Dawkins. ethical cannibalism. Yeah. yeah, Richard Dawkins was posted about that. It's like these people like aren't even bothering to hide their like, weird. Richard fantasies. Dawkins, he's, Dawkins is actually just a Wendigo in a in a human <laughs> flesh suit. He's just yeah. like, yeah, dude, eat the eat the flesh. So I saw some other interesting news too. Uh, they were saying OnlyFans is going to be removing adult content for their site, and the hoes are mad. I don't know when that's going to take effect, but I could see all the sex workers on Twitter really pissed off that they're going to lose their livelihood. Hose oh, bad. Oh, bad. There goes the economy, man. There goes all the new jobs that uh, Biden promised we just got. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that most of our business, though? That's what I'm the thinking, for, man. The basis for the modern American economy was just OnlyFans. Yeah, they're actually going to have to, like, pimp themselves out, like our uh, IRL, like all the other whores now. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to do actual trick, and they're going to hate it. They're going to have to find, they're like, actually, uh, have a demand for pimps now, because they're going to need protection? <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to get, like, you know, a pimp named Slickback to find them. You've got to say it all at once. Since they're the whole they'll have e-pimps. <laughs> yeah, e-pimps. <laughs> Crack prices are may- sore. Maybe so it's not going to be less than so I got, I got a, another funny story too. So there's a guy named Olus Wallace, and uh, his manhunt ended, and uh, he was wanting for shooting a DBPB officer. He was taken to custody Saturday and was found in a wooden area outside of Atlanta, an area associated with Black Nationalist Militia. In fact, I don't know what that stands for. Wallace was found in a treehouse with a weapons cache. Ah. You can't make that up. I was going to insert a Planet of the Apes joke, but that might be kind of racist. <laughs> the apes would be more effective. Yeah, would <laughs> be more effective. We're not allowed to make jokes uh, anymore. We're not uh, allowed to make jokes. Speaking of uh, the summer, 
Californians are being asked to not charge their electric cards because they're having electrical grade issues. Huh. Well, that's going to be a very interesting situation because they're they're all on board on removing us from having non-electric cars. So how are they going to push this agenda that the power grid's having issues and we can't charge our electric cars to go to and from work so we can pay taxes to prop up this system? We're back to the bicycle. I mean, it's all monopoly money. So... That's true. You can get one of those old tiny bicycles where the the front wheel's like that really big wheel, and you get the little small back wheel. Is that what you're going to sport? I got to do a drive by in that thing. Come on. Oh no. Yeah, no. Over here. So in Chicago, I heard there was like a what? I heard there was a crypto crash recently. So China's been cracking down on Bitcoin mining operations. And I was getting excited about this because graphics cards were supposed to be coming down in price. <laughs> But recently, Bitcoin miners have recently appeared in Austin, Texas. And, uh, well, I don't think that's a very good choice of place to be because I hear South Texas is having electrical grid issues. And you need a lot of electricity to run all those Bitcoin mining operations. What came first, the electric problems or the Bitcoin miners? Like, let's ask that question. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wonder how they got visas so fast. You know, that was my other thing. Uh, I don't know if Hunter Biden hooked them up or what. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, it's sort of like what happened recently with all this. Like, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, the, the anti-Chinese, like, uh, propaganda that's been going on in the media, especially around the uh, the COVID stuff. But it almost seems to me like it's more of a front to uh, kind of hide the fact that there's like the the administration's going to be doing weird dealings with uh, with China, and this kind of seems like it's a part of it. I think you're right, but uh, I also think uh, we're gearing up to not pay back China some of the trillion dollars we owe, and they're looking yeah. for any excuse necessary and gaining public support for that. Right, yeah, that's probably a big part of it too. So uh, the CDC, oh, sorry. Uh, And uh, COVID most likely could be used as an excuse, considering the state of our government, which is not a very benevolent government. COVID provides a perfect excuse for us to default on uh, a lot of the trillions. Technically, it's against international law, but if the investigation proves or shows that uh, COVID was a Chinese mistake to, uh, to begin with, we could use that as an excuse to default on uh, whatever we owe. And anti-Chinese propaganda uh, gains public support for such an agenda. Yeah, I was seeing seeing something about that where it looked like they were threatened nuclear war with the United States once they started investigating where COVID's origins became, you know, whether it was a lab leak or was it a bioweapon, and they got quiet really quickly. It was an American-funded lab. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, yeah, but, yeah. That that's the big well, like kind of thing with with me. America's is like, allowed to commit war crimes right. endlessly and break international law, and Americans yeah. don't give so, a shit because they have access to. Food. If they can prove this was purposely released China, then they can say, "Yeah, oh, we don't know you shit." And then, uh, yeah. Well, they don't have to. Prove. Don't... They all they have to do is uh, convince the public that China is responsible for it, so they can rig that investigation any way they want to. But given uh, what government we have, it, it's a high possibility that they'll make it sound like it's Chinese fault in order for us to, you know, bully China around. That just, uh, I like geopolitics a little, so I kind of tend to follow on that trend. And uh, 
this was one of my theories going like a couple of years back. And given the calamity of the situation that's been aired on the news, it, uh, the possibility of this is increasing. I'd say it's about 50-50 chance we're going to default on a lot of the trillions. Oh, God. So you're, you're probably pretty But like, I'd also add to it that like um, the Democrats historically <clears throat> in the past 30 years have sort of been seen as like a geopolitically weak, the geopolitically weak party. Um, so one of the things that like I think that happens a lot is like kind of these going to Chinese officials or whomever really being like, hey, if you give us a propaganda victory, like let us default on these loans, we'll give you X or whatever. So I would sort of expect it to be more kind of like backroom deals going on with this because it's never as it is seen. I mean, China will probably get something for that one one trillion dollars. Well, there's also. Okay, so you guys might be aware there was a five star NATO general that went on record that pretty much listed all of the countries where we're going to throw over and topple in uh, North Africa and Middle East and Libya and Syria, Iran was one of them. And the end game was to encircle China and force them to do our bidding. So keeping that in mind, this is an actual decades-old plan in the making. Um, we definitely have a goal to bully China around. Now, there might be some deals, but the end game is that our government wants to own China, more or less. So, and you know, uh, China's been benefiting a lot from our trade deals, and I think that's starting to close. And a lot of the neighboring countries will be taking a, are looking to take uh, chunks from Chinese production. I think they're in a pretty bad position, even if we don't default on trillion dollars of owing them, because they have only one power. And that's number of their people and cheap labor. But when they're not making money, you got to feed all those people. So that's going to be pretty hefty. I'm I sure think that's why they're buying up a bunch of farmland in the United States. They're, they're buying up our farmland so they can feed their people. Well, they bought a bunch of land in Australia, too, and New Zealand. And uh, all those laws uh, Australia passed, they're being bypassed, and they're a little too late, to be honest. China's definitely using their business and soft power to try to get their hands on as much shit as possible in the world, including African continents. Yeah. So I've been seeing something about the CDC had scheduled a special meeting on the heart attack risk to kids from COVID-19 vaccine, but they rescheduled it because of the new Juneteenth federal holiday. Oh. So I don't know if they ever got around to that meeting or not. Hmm. Convenient. Yes, indeed. So, in entertainment news, Disney has removed the name Slave One from Boba Fett's ship. Uh, you, there's like a Lego set out there that's just called Boba Fett's ship. Mm -hmm. I see. guess their wokeism has canceled the name of this longtime Star Wars iconic figure. Thank you. And uh, we're joking around on the internet saying they should just rename it the Bug Breaker One. <laughs> Bug Breaker One. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> If they're going to go woke, just go all out. Call it Buck Breaker 1. Buck Breaking. So there was a man who got lizard saliva, and he sent it to 23andMe. He got the results back saying it was 48% Western Asian and 51% Ashkenazi Jewish. And all I'm saying is Mark Zuckerberg is bitched the fuck out because uh, <laughs> we're on to him. 
<laughs> Some people believe he's an android. Others think he's a human reptile. And it's starting to look that way for the reptile. As a side note uh, on that, I wonder how much Neanderthal DNA was in the uh, the one half of that. Let's just put it that way. In Neanderthal. <laughs> Neanderthal <laughs> DNA and uh, not the... Why would a lizard have Neanderthal half? DNA? Because <laughs> they yeah, got a squeeze it in the there. 20%, was it about 20% Neanderthal DNA? Uh, not sure. How big was this lizard's nose? <laughs> I don't know, but they showed a picture of a monitor lizard in the article. Um, okay. So they so recently in news, um, John McAfee didn't uninstall himself. Uh, he was found dead in a Spanish prison. He was, uh, I guess, there was an agreement to have him extradited uh, to the United States for his owing of back taxes. Now I don't believe he was suicided because he owed the government tax money. Huh. Yeah, fuck no. I agree with that. He, he went on record before saying that uh, if he's going, if he'll die, he's the, that's the, not going to be a suicide. More or less, that's what he said. So, yeah. and uh, his wife doesn't agree with it. His lawyer doesn't agree with it. Yeah. And so I found this schizo post related to his suicide. Uh, let me read <laughs> it for you. So they're saying that John McAfee had experimented with quantum suicide immortality numerous times. And he lived to tell the tale, at least in this universe. He loads a bullet to his revolver and spins the cylinder. This scares you, right, he says, as he puts the gun to his head. My heart rate kicks up, and yes, I'm scared. And I admit this. But we don't have to do this, and uh, I know we don't, he says, but the muzzle's pressed against his temple, and he pulls the trigger. Nothing happens. He pulls the trigger three more times in rapid succession, and there's only five chambers. Reholster the gun, I demand! Keeps his eye fixed on me, and he pulls the trigger a fifth time. Still nothing. The gun's still at his head. He starts pulling the trigger insistently. I can do this all day long. As to the hammer clicking, I can do this 10,000 times, and nothing will ever happen. Why? Because you missed something. You are operating on the assumption about reality that is wrong. We'll do this one more time. He puts it to his head and another round of Russian roulette. And just as before, he pulls the trigger repeatedly, and nothing happens. It is a real gun, and there's a real bullet in one chamber. As he points out, my assumptions have proven faulty. I'm missing something. The same is true. I'm not seeing how the world sees this, but he opens the door to his bungalow and aims a gun outside, and he pulls the trigger. A gunshot punctures the sound with wind and waves, and you thought we were creating reality? Well, you were not. I was creating reality. <laughs> and so there was another schizo post. I saw that. that there was talking about this uh, alleged uh, dead man switch he has. He claimed he had... 31.5 terabytes of evidence of corruption on all sorts of magnitude to higher-ups of uh, our own governments and other governments. He was saying that uh, twice a day he has to check in with his dead man switch, otherwise it'll release. And uh, a lot of people were believing that this dead man switch was on a server somewhere in a French-owned island off the coast of Antarctica. Now, right around the time when he was gallivanting around the Caribbean, and flying drones over Epstein's island. He was uh, filming videos and uploading them under the name Rusty Shackleford on YouTube. And then the Revenge of the Cyst had a they had an interview with him, and he was claiming in the interview that he was someone very cold and he was underdressed for the weather. So around that time frame, I'm thinking that's when he went to this server 
near this Antarctic island to upload his 31.5 terabytes of information. Mm. Now, uh, he he showed up like a in social media with this tattoo saying Schwacked, you know, spelt out with a dollar sign, W-H-A-C-K-D, which he wrote. And he said that if uh, I, I'm killed, it wasn't suicide, I was murdered. And the way he wrote this tattoo out, it looks like a cryptocurrency. So a lot of people believe that somehow this is linked to Ethereum and a cryptocurrency wallet. Some people are saying that he had an account that was named Epstein. And uh, the time of his death, a photo of a giant Q appeared on the Instagram account under his name. But uh, earlier, he'd say that he doesn't have an Instagram account. So I don't know if his wife created one and uploaded this image. And then someone took this image and it used a program like Pixelnot to find that it had steganography in it. And so they said there was a crypto code embedded in this image. And I don't know if that crypto code goes to his dead man switch or his crypto wallet. And so there's other talk that he uploaded all of his information to Ethereum. Like he hid it on the blockchain somehow. And you can't erase it. You can't delete it. You can't alter it. So whenever this uh, information gets linked, you know, that people are speculating that they're going to take down the entire Ethereum network to prevent this information from coming out. So that would have very big financial implications. Look at this guy. Yeah, all I can think of is the X-Files thing. I want to believe. I want, yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's never coming out. Like, those, those terabytes of information are, it ain't happening. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chief. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll do whatever they have to to not let that happen, even if he did have it, you know. So well, even like, who's he going to release it to? Like the media? I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think Alex Jones would come forward and publish the truth. Uh, maybe OANN, maybe Russia Today, right. and Al Jazeera would come forward with the truth because if it makes the Americas yeah. look bad, then yeah, it's going to dispute yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. I, it, it's sad to say that I trust Al Jazeera more than trust my own media. <laughs> Yeah, they're like communist Arabs. Yeah, <laughs> I trust I them more than the United States government. Like that's that's pretty sad. Well, do you guys think memory would play it? Oh, I wish. Oh, oh, <laughs> they'd, they'd, they'd have the amazing. best translation. <laughs> yeah, they really would. I want to so, see like I want to <laughs> see them invite fucking like Ben Shapiro on memory for a debate and then just behead him live on TV. That'd be fucking hilarious. I'm pretty fucking based. <laughs> they fucking hilarious, dude. That would be so, perfect. Uh, so in other news, uh, Bill Cosby is now a free man. Oh yeah, Based. oh man. Well, the judge overturned uh, his court case. I guess he found a technicality and let him out. So uh, up the poopy bop dead side. I'm gonna take my dick and put it where it don't belong. I mean, to be fair, have you seen the women accusing him? I mean, I all I gotta know. say is, if you're out of the bar, be careful about having an open container unattended, because you never know what people are going to slip into that, especially with him out and about. So what it was, was uh, that DA basically made a plea bargain with him. If he pleaded guilty, he's not going to spend any time in prison. And then the DA changed their mind and used that plea bargain as an evidence against him. And once the judge caught a wind of that, he said that was completely illegal, and now they cannot retrial Bill Cosby. Dude, those yeah. bitches got freaking thought patrolled. Get wrecked. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> I'm not going to say what, like, everything I would say, but like, could you imagine being in that situation? 
the, the, the prosecutor buckles the case and your rapist is walking around free. <laughs> yeah. The, they basically screwed up the whole case. That that was unless they done it on purpose, but right. you know, I mean, uh, I mean it, it's, a such a, too. it's such a stupid mistake though, you know. So, yeah, I so recently like, in the past couple of days, uh, Facebook has been warning people of extremist and extremist content and possible exposure to extremist and their content. I don't know what they mean. And all I'm saying is most of my friends list are lighting up my feed saying I am the extremist and I haven't gotten a warning about being exposed to said content. So I'm just going to have to go out and say I'm probably one of these extremists as well since I did not get the warning. I could get that warning message. I don't know if it has has to do with my friends on Facebook or what, but they're like, hey, get support for, uh, you know, whatever extremist stuff. Do they think you're traumatized or did they say something like that? I don't know, but I see absolutely no relation to any of the content that I've seen whenever that message pops up. Uh, (laughs) We don't want you to get uh, radicalized if you see it again. So, uh, yeah, no. As soon as they're I saying the a app. judge has ruled to unseal uh, seal dozens of Ghislaine Maxwell's documents to, that cover her and Epstein's relationship to the Clintons, including funding received from the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. Now, all I gotta say is, uh, who's getting suicided next? And I forgot to bring this up after the whole <laughs> McAfee thing is. Do you think uh, Julian Assange will be the next one to get suicided? Probably. I don't know. Or do you think so. they're going to keep him alive? I, I think that he's a uh, a good thing to have in the world to kind of give people hope. So I feel like it could just leave him be if you're the powers that be. Unless he has something that's really, really bad, just let, let him be. Yeah, I don't think he'll get killed, but um, he might um, he might die in prison, though, eventually. I heard, he, I heard he's not <laughs> doing well. I mean, I heard he was like smearing his own shit on the walls and drawing pictures on it. It <laughs> sounded a lot like what Ozzy Osbourne was doing when he was on tour with Motley Crue. And they were like, you're <laughs> on a whole different level. We can't keep up with you, man. We so had had- like our equivalent of like those animal shelter ads for political prisoners that we like. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> That's what we're going to help your local political yeah. prisoners. So I found this article that will lead into our topic at hand. It's called Dangers and Demons, Yemen's Mysterious Well of Hell. They're saying that uh, a well of bottom-out Yemeni Eastern is known as the Well of Hell, and it's little understood natural wonder. It's close to the border of Oman. And less than 1,300 kilometers to the capital. So it's a giant hole in the desert of Al-Marhara province and is 30 meters wide and thought to be anywhere between 100 and 250 meters deep. The local folklore said it's created as a prison for the demons, a reputation bolstered by the foul odors rising from its depths. Now, if you've ever been in an open-air market in the Middle East, uh, that's a smell you won't forget. Now, these Middle Easterners are complaining about the smell, and that's pretty bad. That's what I've got to say about that. So, the Yemeni officials are saying they don't know what lies below. They said it's very deep, and they never reached the bottom of the well. There's little oxygen and no ventilation. They're saying this uh, geological survey said mineral resources authority. So, they said that 
They've gone and visited the area near the well, reaching more than 50 to 60 meters down and noticed strange things inside, but also smelled something strange. And they said it's a really mysterious situation. They say little can be seen from the edge except birds that fly in and out of its depths. So why can't they just send a drone in and take a look? They said that videographers are seeking close-ups inside the well, but they're saying like local tour guys are very superstitious and don't want anybody going near the hole because they think they'll get sucked into it. So you guys think this is just a natural phenomenon or do you think this is like a hollow earth entrance? Probably like a gin well. Reminds me of that hole they had on Coast to Coast. The one up in like... Yeah. Yeah, that one. Are you talking about the one where like the natural gas caught on fire and it's just always burning? No, no, I'm talking about about Mel's Hole. Oh, that one one is out, uh, what, in Oregon or Seattle? Yeah, some shit like that. Somewhere up there. But I heard that was a hoax. That guy was hoaxing him, so... Did they ever... Did they ever find out for sure? I don't... don't I'm not sure, but they gave him like several episodes worth of content. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, so... It's we'll get on to the topic at hand. So I've got some information about a serpent cult in the Middle East. So in the mythology, the serpent symbolizes fertility and procreation, wisdom, death, and resurrection because of its shedding its skin and it's seen as dying and rebirthing. So the earliest schools of mysticism, the symbol of the word was the serpent, the light that appeared metaphorically defined the serpent called kundalini so isn't that like a pressure point like uh yeah so your sacrum or something like that kundalini is actually uh what to use in yoga and meditation it's yeah yeah it's part of the chakras right yes uh and the chakras are actually they're not uh, they're actually proven to be a physical electromagnetic centers, multi-layered centers. So you can see those things on with certain equipment. So um, by aligning physical um, practices with your mind, what you're doing is you generate this kundalini energy that arises uh, in a spiral of fashion from your bottommost chakra all the way to your brain and you know crown chakra, and uh, that's supposed to like reconnect you with higher consciousness this and that but uh, it's a very common practice and some consider that to be quantum mechanics by the way uh, they proved that human brain has a quantum phenomenon of the lapse in time on itself so that being said applying your mind to do certain quantum practices is very probable and realistic Oh, that Not sounds pretty cool. So, uh, in mysticism, uh, where was I? Uh, so they say, yeah, the Kundalini is coiled at the base of the spine or in dormant in an unwakened person. Divinity or awaking one's godhood and latent abilities came in with rituals and teaching brought in by the serpent people. Now, to understand them, we must uh, look at the origin of the serpents. In China, it is a male and female pair with human heads and serpent bodies named Fu Shi and Nu Wa, and they created humans in Sumer. It was Anunnaki Nin Kusag and her husband Enki who were given the task of creating workers. Enki is known to us as the serpent in Genesis, the one who gave us the ability to think and reason, and so was cursed by his brother Enlil for it. To the Hindus, it was a cosmic serpent, Anatta, who created us. And so at the dawn of man's creation, we have a pair of serpent-like beings who created us. And then these serpents, cults, must have been their direct descendants, either by blood or by the spirit. 
So the next serpent was Enki's son, Ningazidiada, known to the Sumerians, Egyptians, and Tibetans. According to Zachariah Stitchin, he dwelt in Mangan, which was also known to us as Egypt, the imperious belief. But he was Toth, who formed a mystery school of propagating the ideas of self-improvement and enlightenment, furthering his father's deeds and philosophy. If Enki and Ninkazida ruled over Magan, as it is claimed, then the school would have been a beacon attracting all who wished to gain knowledge, backed by the power and the might of Magan. Is there any proof to the theory? It was claimed at the Council of Nishia that the powers of the gods came from Egypt, and then there was a great white brotherhood named for their... Raymond, a prominent mystery school in Karnai. A branch of it became the Egyptian Therapeutate, who in Judea were known as the Essenes. Uh, Jesus being an Essene was likely initiated in Egypt at this mystery school, rising up in the levels until he became a master. Eventually, the Anunnaki did lose control of the earth and its population, which rapidly expanding with the mankind scattered across the globe, forming their own colonies and social structures. Those who follow the serpent ideology would have been concerned with maintaining relevance while faced with constant change, new religions, potential threats to their own land, and wealth. Uh, to these that protect themselves and encourage people to follow the belief systems, they send out emissaries known as the Shining Ones. We find tales of the Shining Ones in the world all over. To simple hunters, uh, fishermen, they seem like gods. But uh, they did not come to conquer lands rather than to aid the people. Teaching them how to cultivate crops, heal their sick and injured, and read the stars. Now, numerous uh, cultures throughout the world worship the serpents, known as Quetzalcoatl, Chihacuazitli, Hihuacuatl in Mexico and Peru, King uh, Naga King of India and the Najin children, Ponagar in Vietnam, who was their first empress, and serpent deities who were beautiful women associated with trees and lakes. The snake goddess of Egypt, Wajet, was a protector of the land, the kings, and women in childbirth. In Noah, the snake goddess was addressed to as Asasarame and uh, was related to the Hittite Ishashara, the Khmer Aspara, and the Canaanite Ashfera. Pre-Christian Ireland, Scotland, and England also worshipped the serpent. So that's all I've got for my uh, bit on this show. I think we'll move on to I want what you're drinking. Firebat. So uh, Firebat, uh, you got some information. Oh, we got. We're going to talk about the gin. <clears throat> this is uh, this became a bit of a, a rabbit hole for me. Um, I just started listening to a bunch of imams while I was at work for like hours at a time and. Uh, yeah, this was a deep dive. So, like, my preconceived notions about the gym was before this was that they were basically just like Islamic ghosts and or demons. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, Islam has very it, it, the first thing to say is like this isn't like Arabic uh, folk tale or folklores. This is actually Islamic theology. Is where the story of the jinn comes from, and basically, it's sort of hashed out in the Quran and the Hadiths. A lot of what's about this and this also became a really like annoying subject to work on too because uh islam has this sort of notion that if it's not in the sunnah or in the quran the sunnah being the tradition that uh, they don't expand upon it so basically there's a lot of like questions about the jinn that we'd like to have answers for but nobody really goes there because they would say if, if allah wanted us to know uh we don't he, he would tell us in the quran or the, the sunnah 
So basically what the jinn actually are is rather than being ghosts, which are spirits of dead people, or um, demons, which are fallen angels, the jinn are actually a race of beings that Allah created before he created human beings. And he, they basically are almost exactly like us, but have some more special powers. So for instance, uh, the jinn are invisible. Um, they have the power, the ability to manifest and, uh, and and show themselves, and they're various forms. Most commonly, are in, in animal forms. They're almost like a shapeshifter whenever they do manifest. Um, the jinn also exist in this sort of parallel world in a fairly normal fashion for most of them. Um, many of them have families, many of them raise animals and have land. They they eat and they drink. We don't know what they eat or drink, but they do eat and drink. Um, their animals actually uh, supposedly live off of the fecal matter of the animals that exist in our world. How they do this, we don't know. But um, So the vast majority of jinn are pretty normal. Um, imams will say there's two camps, just like there's two camps of humans. There's believers, those who believe in Allah and trust in him. And there's the unbelieving camp. And it's out of the unbelieving camp that we sort of have uh, most of our encounters. So um, in the unbelieving camp, basically these jinn, the vast majority of them don't really mess with human beings. They just are sort of out there living their own excessive life in their own world. Um, and the other kind of like, let's just call it like a, just a throw a percentage, like a 10, maybe a 5% of these jinn. Um, these guys are the guys that kind of play the Islamic tricksters like the gnomes or like a leprechaun kind of tale, they run around and sort of mess with people coming to your house and like move your shit around. So you don't, you know, move your wallet and keys so you can't find it. So they sound like Fey almost. Yeah. So they're pretty they're much dickheads like the Fey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just assholes. Uh, so there's, <laughs> Oh, I should also say like the creation story of, of the gin as well, before I get into it, they were, um, they're made of uh, fire, which is why whenever they manifest, not in animal form, they appear as smoky clouds. Um, whereas humans were made of clay. So that's when Allah breathed life into them. That's what they were made out of. So uh, so out of those percent, so that's sort of like the, you know, the mischievous bunch. Then there's probably about like a two to one percent that are demonic in nature. Um, no, um, Islam doesn't have demons. Um, there's no such thing as fallen angels uh, in, in Islam. Uh, in Islam, angels don't have free will. So... The interesting question that kind of comes from that is, uh, what is Satan then? Um, in Islamic uh, lore, Satan is actually a jinn. He's not an angel. Well, what about Lazarus? The word Lazarus it predates uh, Christianity. It comes from Egypt. And the way it's written in Arabic, um, it still has uh, Egyptian roots to it. Don't they consider Lazarus a demon? No. <laughs> I've never heard that term. No. Um again oh, like that's an operation off of what we know. Mm-hmm. And like I said before and why this subject is so frustrating when you're looking at it from the theological point of view is that Muslims they're not going to go read like a scientific paper that dates back like nameology. They're going to only yeah, go with what's in the Sunnah and what's in the Quran. Now you're definitely right about that, but they're just not going to do that. 
not yeah. even think it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're, we're talking about from like the Muslim point of view because yeah. Muslims are basically the ones where like the jinn's their specific sort of thing, almost right. like now, like are they mm. are they actually like demons? Do they actually match up with demons like to the rest of us? Yeah, and like are they? They're like incorporeal incorporeal beings, you know. Like so, it's. Right. In a lot of ways, it's the same. It's just the, the Muslims view different. Yeah, exactly. They're just uh, you know, it's almost like it's more in line with so, how the rest of the it. world sees it. So, what we seeing? Yeah, you? Oh no, I, I get it. You guys present a Muslim point of view of the, of the gents. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys actually made quite a few points. You see, I researched these topics throughout and uh, you made a number of points that are solidly on point for one is that Jen is a fire a being and if you don't mind I'd like to make a small input into this oh, um, so before I dive into Jen I'd like to explain what category of beings there are and you did mention some of this a modern modern term for these beings is elementals. Why elementals? Well, there's dozens and dozens of species of them, but they all belong to one of the four elements, fire, water, air, or earth. And the reason, and they're actually physical beings like you and me, but the reason why you cannot see them most of the time is because uh, they, their world vibrates just on a slightly higher frequency than what we can see and touch. And it was also believed that thousands of years ago, we shared the same environment, humans and all these beings together. Um, more or less, it was foreseen that humanity was going to go through millennia of wars and whatnot, and uh, separations were, were made. For all different culture, the separation, it's more like a dimensional rift, was called a whale. That's from multiple different cultures. Now, as far as elementals go, and they got their own structures, kings, queens, but each elements, each element has one king and maybe a queen. Besides that, I'd like to point out a few things about jinns now. Jinn is a fire element, but they don't throw fireballs or anything. Right. Uh, but they manifest with smoke, just like you see in kids' stories, you know, whatever gets passed down, they manifest through smoke, and uh, they're semi-translucent. And like the many Disney stories, they do not live in lamps, but they do grant wishes. Uh, you probably never want to um, ask for a wish from Jenny. Jenny's nature is that they want to be a human. They want to be a human so badly that when they do grant people their wishes, they uh, grant them in such a way that puts people through enormous amounts of drama because that's the closest they can uh, live out the human experience. And also they feed off the emotions? No, they don't feed off anything, but they want to be a human, right? And they are not a human, but the closest they can do is create drama so they can view it almost as a movie because that's the closest they can be uh, and that's the closest they can be to a human. So they're actually benevolent beings, but except for that 
trickery part where they grant wishes so they can experience human drama. Uh, besides that point, they're believed to be very benevolent beings. Here's the big drop. This is something that must, this is something that very few sources would ever mention. So the name Jinn refers to the traditional genies we're talking about. But like I said, each element has a king, right, and a queen. That's what, uh, that's the general belief. Um, so the king of entire fire element allegedly resigns in the sun. And his name is also Jin. And unlike the genies we talk about, basically the king of fire element wields the fire and the solar system, you know, and everything that goes along with it. So that's kind of, that's kind of the general concept here. So uh, I, I hope I didn't confuse you guys, but uh, I kind of keep notes on this, and uh, this is one of my hopes. So I look over for many years for many sources and I filter things out. But I hope this helps a little bit. But they're most definitely not demons. Uh, and when I say demon, yeah. I mean the, the Greek term for demon. Oh, okay, like Greek, Japanese, yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I got you. <laughs> yeah, like incorporeal being, I don't actually mean like, you know, what we think, when I, when I say demon, that's not the popular, I'm not, Mestophelian the popular. image of a, a goatee yeah. and horns and a tail and wings and yeah, cloven yeah. hooves. Well, yeah, definitely I will say, um, pre-Islam, pre-Islam the, the thing, the, what would become jinn are depicted as being either, like, either good or bad, more so, you know? Like, where there's, like, benevolent, neutral, and bad, and, you know, I think Islam tends to paint them as worse than they were previously depicted. But, well, yeah, uh, Islam is a somatic religion. And just like many somatic religions, when they, um, they begin to depict all other beliefs before it to be kind of in a negative light, more or less. Oh, I forgot one one thing I wanted to add is that according to the writings, King Solomon, before he built his temple, Archangel Michael manifested himself to King Solomon in flesh, and he gave him this ring with sigil on it. You can actually look it up. And with that ring, he said he'd be commanding a legion of genies. And he can have him build his temple. And according to this legend and the writings, that's exactly what King Solomon did. He used that ring, and he had the legion of genies build him his temple. Sounds and, pretty cool. That's that's what I heard too. Yeah. So. yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that. You'll see, like, in particular, like in the Bible and other sources of like legions of angels coming down and sort of fighting along with these armies and stuff. It's never portrayed quite like that. Um, it's interesting to see, like, to see how, like, the, the Islam is, like, sort of different than the other Abrahamic religions. Uh, and it's the fact that, like, it allows for another world to exist, whereas um, with, the with like, Christianity and, uh, and Judaism, is that, like, there's angels and demons and those, like, you know, material beings. There's no, like, other sure. entity that God created, or there's no, like, aliens or anything like that. Um, it's just, it's interesting that Islam sort of ended up being kind of, like, the more, for lack of a better term, like, liberal and allowing that. But you made yeah, a really good point, right. 
Sorry, yeah, I, know, I, know, I never thought about what you just said. You're actually fairly on point. Yeah, uh, Islam does allow little, you know, niches for other things to exist. Yeah, and um, you said a really, you made a really good point about um, the, the, these jinn or genies operating within sort of a uh, structural framework as having kings and queens. And this is yeah. this gets really interesting with uh, with possession, and that's something that uh, I kind of came up with whenever I was doing my research. Is I, I didn't really think about uh, exorcism and possession being a big deal in Islam, but it really is, and uh, that's sort of like what the last kind of group of of jinn I was talking about. That's sort of like their main goal is to possess human beings and to convince them to uh, move away from Allah. And uh, like human beings, they're sort of different. Uh, the, the jinn have different strengths and weaknesses depending on the specific jinn. So, like, just take, like, the four of us. Like, we go to the gym. Ruski might be, you know, able to lift 350 pounds, and I might only be able to lift, you know, 100. Uh, the genie are very, are, the jinn are very much the same way, whereas in some jinn, they can only possess uh, a one limb. Another jinn might be able to possess two, and then, like, three, four, or, you know, we get to a point where, the, you know, a jinn can possess the whole body, and then there's another jinn that can possess the whole body and the mind. It sort of works its way up to the most powerful of the jinn are the jinn who sort of go around and convince whole societies they are a deity and they should be venerated and worshipped. And this is sort of uh, Islam's way of explaining polytheism. Um, all the Abrahamic religions have a way of sort of explaining this. Um, you know, in Christianity well, and, and Judaism, it's demons are running around the world convincing people to worship them, whereas in Islam, it's it's actually the jinn. Well, my thing is, um, how do we know it's not religious propaganda to demonize an entity uh, from uh, from belief systems before this religion? That's a yeah, because that's yeah, a no, that's definitely what it is. Don't just just going off Christianity alone that I'm more from a little bit more familiar with and um, going through, you know, millennia of history, it's a very common trend. I think yeah. what you said about Semitic religions earlier was spot on, to be to be frank. Yeah, no, that was really so, good. Um, because every sort of, uh, I wouldn't just say Semitic, I'd say almost every monotheistic religion has an explanation as to why another tribe would uh, would worship sort of a pantheon. And this is just Islam's way of explaining it, um, that these are the powerful jinn who wander around doing these things. That's and, interesting. Though. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know this about Islam. I thought they, uh, I thought they called, uh, they still had concept of demons. I didn't know that they're demonized genes instead. Yeah, surprising so that, how liberal they are. But I would actually say that, yeah, I know, that is surprising too, but I wouldn't even say demonize necessarily, because they, they're open to the option of, their, I mean, there's a whole, I think it's Sora 72 of Quran, where yeah. um, where yeah. uh, Muhammad is, is preaching to a bunch of jinn and they convert to Islam, so they recognize mm -hmm. that in the world of the jinn, uh, there's a lot of good jinn who do who, who are good muslims well it's kind of like the nephilim thing you know what i mean yeah, where it's yeah. like nephilim weren't necessarily evil they just kind of fucked up or they're descendants of angels that fucked up you know what i mean like it's not necessarily that like they're evil you know it's just that 
they just kind of did their own thing. Yeah, some of them, some <laughs> some of them are. And, and you made a really good point too, uh, Risky, about the the Jin sort of uh, loathing of not being uh, a, a human and trying to have sort of human relations. Um, it seems to be with the with the genie that are evil and act out against human beings that their main motive is the fact that there's a, a group of another entity or creation that uh, Allah created that is lesser than them that is loved just as much as they are. And that's sort of why they attempt to strike out and lash out at humanity. And by means of the way they do this is uh, through, as one imam uh, called it, basically gangs or mafias of genie, where uh, you have basically your low-level genie, those genie who can't, like, they possess anything. They're kind of going to go into someone's life and just start screwing things up, you know, trying to harm relations. Um, some other genie you know, who can like take on these like low level possessions, they'll start doing things like that. They'll be working their way into lives, trying to shut down people's prayer lives and such. Um, one of the cases that this is Imam had actually seen, um, and he he offers this up as as proof of this, is that he was commanding the uh, the jinn to leave this person's body, and he he asked the uh, the genie, um, "Why are you not leaving?" And the jinn supposedly responded because the one who sent me would kill me if I if I left. Um, so these jinn are actually af- are definitely afraid of the, the power uh, sort of dawn you know, jinn. I might be wrong, but I'm a little bit skeptical on a jinn possession. I mean, I know that uh, Islam sources might claim that, but being in the circles I'm interested in. That's that's very uncommon. That seems more like a demonic entity, the traditional demonic entity that you know. Kind right. Of, yeah. We all we all tend to sort of aware of, and yeah, I mean, genies traditionally were used you know, as builders. Uh, you know, the whole uh, granting wishes thing, and they're not that obsessed about the Allah, right? Their ruler is the jinn that resigns in the sun. So their uh, elementals are content with their world. They're content with who they are, for the most part, except genius. They like human drama. So I wouldn't think that, I wouldn't assume that they're kind of jealous. Hey, God created humans and he loves them too. Uh, they're more like, hey, there are humans and they love and they hate and they go for all this drama and uh, we want to be just like them because their world isn't exactly the same. That, that, that was always my perception. Of it. And, um, you know, and Islam has some good sources, no doubt. Some of the stuff you mentioned, I mean, it's fairly good. But I think we also always got to consider the possibility. It is a religion that has a propaganda. So, to what degree, uh, you know, can we really, uh, it's like we have to decipher to which degree we can um, believe it, and to which degree we should be more skeptical of it. Well, and, and I'll definitely say this, yeah. I agree with you 100%, and I actually wanted to bring this up too, that um, the, the sort of like, how do you know someone's position is a very interesting question that uh, that the monotheistic faiths have to answer whenever they're going out to look at somebody who's possessed and whether they they should be exercised or not. But also in other cultures that have exorcism as well. 
And what are some of the criteria within Islam that we can examine? Um, number number one, the aversion to holy objects um, and and holy word. Um, there's the other criteria of um, speaking in tongues and knowing unknown languages. Um, super preternatural strength, um, preternatural um, knowledge, knowing things that there's no way that that uh, individual who is possessed could know. Um, and there's a couple different other ones, some minor ones, but I, I want to make the point that this is the exact same criteria that is found in Judaism, the exact same criteria that's found in Christianity, and many of the same criteria that's found in other cultures as well. So, you know, saying on the same point of that, like, you, you doubt that this is a genie doing this, um, I think that this could be sort of evidence that you're you're quite right and that this is much more of a demonic force that they're dealing with and that those criteria being the same sort of is you know lend some credit to that idea yeah because you know jenny fiery nature fiery element you know uh they always associate demons with hell and fire so uh i mean over millennia certain things they get blended and the criteria is you listed. I mean, on one end, I mean, uh, pr- assuming that it's real from a practical point of view, you're living 3,000 years ago and you're like, hey, this guy is speaking gibberish in town. He might uh, be possessed and come at you. If, if they had that happened before, so you're looking for those signs, right? But on the other hand, uh, same rules, same criteria can be, could be utilized, and I'm sure were utilized to harm innocent people or harm gifted people in general who are not possessed. I just thought, you know, that should be pointed out as well. I, I yeah. had a take I wanted to go on. So I remember you said earlier, Ruski, that uh, we were once the same vibration of these genies and existed in the same thing. So I'm kind of thinking this goes back to the creation myth. Or man's fall and from grace, getting ejected from the Garden of Eden, is probably how we got separated from these higher vibrational beings. I'm kind of wondering if our original well, sin is what caused the separation. So the original sin story, you have to think, that's a biblical uh, paradigm, right? It's something that's... So I, I don't mean to stray away from this, but you have to understand humans are controlled through guilt like nothing else. That's why communism tried to adopt the same concept. So the original sin, what it does, the idea with it instills guilt into humans for no good reason. However, um, it's not the man's fall from grace. I do not think man actually fell from grace. It's just the evolution of man. See, the elemental world of all the species, they're content with who they are, how they are. But uh, as humans, we tend to perfect and evolve. And at times, you know, we go through hardships on an individual level or on an level of a nation or the whole world. Uh, you look at our history, you see a lot of questionable shit, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain. And, you know, let's assume, um, let's assume for a second you're somewhere there, now you're a being of all knowledge, you're sitting there somewhere higher up, or, you know, whoever you may be, and you're like, man, these humans, they're really going to go for some tragic experience. And 
we don't want it to spill over on all these other creatures that have nothing to do with it. I mean, realistically speaking, imagine what, uh, well, realistically and hypothetically, let's assume all these beings exist, right? Let's assume uh, dragons exist, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think our military and scientists would be trying to do to all these creatures in the modern day society? So I think the separation for the realms or worlds uh, wasn't because we've fallen from grace, but was because before um, before we can reach our evolutionary level, we would be going through some real bad experience. If that makes sense. I'm sorry if I trailed on a little too far. Well, I think that's definitely interesting, and there's definitely there's some some things to back that up and uh that might make for like a really good like topical episode about um like human history from a different point of view and um oh here's the a quick thought well you mentioned garden of eden and it made me think you know adam eve and the call things so um christianity for example demonizes first um wife of adam right lilith um, and they say, oh, she's whatever, fallen from grace, the money, different so I say different things. But in the elemental world and people as in the satiric communities, uh, to them, Lilith is a fairy. Yes, a fairy like Tinkerbell, right? But she's a queen fairy of all fairies, and her name is Lilith. And they believe she has ability to bilocate, and uh, she's basically the leader. Well, um these folklores are fairly old. I mean, that just by word of mouth, I would assume they predate the whole concept of Christianity to begin with. And given the knowledge we already know how religion tends to demonize things, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of a lot of things mentioned in biblical records are a little bit twisted or, uh, you know, made to be perceived in a different way to draw people's attention away from it. So um, the whole concept of humanity falling from grace is... Yeah, I think uh, it's a mix. You know, I think it's like a mix of genuine yeah. misunderstanding and then like propaganda. But I yeah, also think exactly. like... I think this There's is like not- better saved. Some of this stuff is better saved for like a... Like um, like a, his- a history discussion, like a non-mainstream sort of history discussion, if that makes sense. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those things where I want to stay like on the Middle East more so specifically just because no, like, no, I understand no. what you're saying and I actually agree with a lot of it, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's its own. Uh, it's kind of belongs to its own bigger category and whatever. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of hard at times to you know present certain pieces of information, but not uh, explain. You did a great job, but I know if we keep this conversation going, me and Firebat are going to get off in the weeds. It's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, be really bad. Yeah, these guys have been up pretty early this morning, so we don't want to go too long for them. No, um, but going back to uh, exorcisms um, specifically, so there's, that's the criteria to uh, decide if. Um, someone's uh, uh, needs an exorcism or not. And um, basically what is the main methodology uh, to exercise a, a jinn from somebody is uh, usually just reading chronic verses. Um, 
again, keep in mind that, that, that Muslims are not operating on um, tradition outside of the Sunnah and outside of the uh, the Quran, which is the Word of God. So, like, uh, you know, there's been a whole evolution of Catholic ex exorcism that's a product of essentially 2,000 years of Christian history. Um, the rites have changed and the prayers have changed and certain things work and don't work. And that's sort of like how these things evolve. Um, in Islam, they stick to a very strict uh, formula that they believe works. And that doesn't mean that there isn't other methodologies that are tried. And I'll get into those in a second. But the, just so you know, it's sort of known, the, the main methodology to do it is reading the Quran and praying over the individual, praying to Allah to expel the demon. Um, or the jinn, my bad. Now, um, there's a couple different stories throughout the, the Quran um, that has Muhammad involving himself with, with these kind of types of instances. There's one story where he exercises a, a demon, a small boy who's having some sort of, uh, it almost seems like it's an epileptic fit, is what it, se it was described as. Um, but um, Muhammad sort of comes up and says, you know, I'm the slave of uh, Allah, get out of him, and it happens. Um, there's another instance, though, in the uh, Quran where uh, a woman's complaining about very much the same symptoms, and uh, Muhammad comes up to him, her and he says, basically, I could get rid of this for you, or you could bear this and be blessed. So there's an understanding with Muslims today that there are cases of mental illness and that you have to differentiate. So it's not just like a every, I mean, there are certainly some people who would say that like every sort of case of mental illness is a, a, a gin possession, but there, there is sort of a, a nuance to it in um, the intellectual side of Islam that uh, can differentiate between the two. Um, now though, like I said, that's the two main methodologies. Um, then there's some stuff on the peripheries of, of, scripture and tradition that some people kind of lean into um and obviously what is the cure to demonic possession is beatings <laughs> uh which yeah. based yeah, yeah which is an actual yeah. it, it's an actual uh thing that is uh is thought to get rid of uh the jinn and sort of the theology from this comes in that that uh scene in the quran where uh muhammad is exercising the the jinn from the boy he supposedly patted his stomach whenever he, uh, you know, read or commanded that to leave. So uh, they believe that this verse justifies them uh, beating the person they are trying to exercise the demon out of. And uh, the sort of theology Fucking of this, beast. yeah, this theology uh, kind of uh, sort of how it works is essentially they don't believe that they're actually hurt harming the person that they're beating. They believe that they're actually beating the jinn through beating the. <laughs> Is, uh, so they don't think this person's actually getting hurt. Uh, I, I should be gin free the way my parents beat my ass growing up. That's yeah, all I gotta yeah. say. The gin didn't want to be with you. Um, is uh, homosexuality part of uh, being possessed by a gin? I'm sure some people would say that. I'm sure that there would be. Uh, I'm sure that there would be some beatings handed. I'm, honestly, if you were homosexual, <laughs> they're probably gonna do something a lot worse. Than <laughs> yeah, you're getting off the roof. Yeah, I think a rooftop throwing uh, yeah. is probably a higher form of a beating. Atomic Sweat Lodge does not condone throwing gays off of roofs. Yeah, this is a serious thing, though. There was a case in Britain in I 2006 mean... where um, an immigrant's family, um, the father, starved their his little daughter uh, to the point of near starvation because they believed if you deprive the human being of food, you're actually depriving the jinn of the food. 
and then proceeded to beat her to death with an ashtray, trying to exercise what he thought was a gin in her. Was it a? It just sounds like an alcoholic dad. I was about to say it sounds like a ceramic ashtray because the metal ones would have been bent all to hell. Yeah. Um. There's there's cases in uh, every year in Sri Lanka and uh, uh, you know anywhere really you look you can f- just do a Google search and see that there are people who believe that they need to beat someone to death uh, to get the gin out of them. Now, well, that, that's what Christians used to do as well at at some point. Oh, the self-flagellation that the monks would do. That's based right there. I thought, you're, I, thought, I thought he's referencing like what we used to do to the witches, but it's like, to be fair, Wiccans and being burnt alive isn't necessarily the worst idea. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not against it. Um, no, there was a case not too long ago, I think in Romania, of a similar thing where a guy died during an exorcism and the, the monks were like beating the shit out of him. You know, based orthodoxy. Uh, <laughs> we call them orthodox. Orthodoxy and Islam one struggle. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, no, regardless. Looking at, the, um, looking at the ethnography of Russia, I can't disagree. I mean, uh, basically, so yeah, there's, there's like that as a method as well that's uh, seen. Um, there's also some like lesser kind of more fortune teller esque um, sort of things that go on with this. Uh, whereas like somebody will recite the Quran over water and they'll sell the water and they claim that this works and it never really does. People make uh, bracelets and stuff with certain. Uh, numbers in them that are supposed to represent certain verses and they say wear this and it'll get rid of the gin um now as soon as you give it to them they're like okay i need a hundred dollars so it's like can be a lot of like the sort of normal like witchcraft shit that we we see all the time but i want to segue that to like the last part that i have for the gin topic is the islamic sort of creation story of how magic came into being which is i think really interesting i didn't even know was a part of Islam. They had their own magic sort of creation story. And as the story goes, Harat and Marat, which were two uh, angels that were sent by Allah to Babylon, and basically they were sent there to uh, give a trial to the citizens of Babylon and uh, sort of the pre, pre-history of man. And um, what the trial basically was was they taught the people of Babylon how to communicate with the jinn. And this is, yeah, this is how sorcery is introduced into the world. Because if you have the ability to communicate with the jinn, you have the ability to sort of gain special powers from them. Of course, at an obvious cost, uh, possession being one of the obvious costs. <laughs> And uh, so there, where this really shows up the most in the Islamic world is in fortune telling, where you'll have fortune tellers who uh, who claim to sort of uh, have knowledge given to them by the jinn who you know told them that certain events were going to happen. Um, and of course, like you know, ninety nine percent of this is all a joke, right? There's no you know, there's a lot of fake people out there who just say shit. So, um, but you know, there are some people who do have. Uh, apparent knowledge of uh, things and the, the Islamic way of explaining it is that it's jinn feeding them this information. Um, people, there is a conception in Islam of perfect uh, possession. Um, in Christianity, this notion is that a perfect a person can perfectly align their will, the demon's will, allowing them to do uh, evil things. Uh, it's usually explained as this being like the psychopaths, your mass murderers, and things like that. It's, it's kind of people who are perfectly Politicians. Possessed. Politicians, yeah, exactly. 
Um, and Islam, uh, the sorcerers who are perfectly possessed are incredibly powerful people can really do a lot of real harm. And uh, I tried finding this for the show, but I couldn't find it anywhere. But there are uh, images you can find in Algeria. It was in Algeria like a year ago. They busted one of these witches' homes. I think they called her a Shabbat or Shanti or something witch. And her house was freaking disgusting with just dead cats and animal sacrifices and uh, all these pictures on on the wall of people who she was set to curse and she had numbers and symbols written in them, razor blades uh, stuck into uh, the the necks of these individuals. There was uh, like little voodoo dolls that she had that had like bike locks put in through like the penis and vaginal entries on these little dolls. Uh-huh. Um, so like, <laughs> this sounds like what the roasties are going to be doing once they'll hit age forty in a couple of years. Yeah, dude, it's, it was some weird shit, but. Uh, these people are believed to have a lot of real power. And of course this power uh, is not stemming from anything that they can do. Magic isn't something that human beings can actually physically perform themselves, but it's something that the jinn do for people as long as it serves their purpose. Uh, because what they'll also say is that these people may claim to have power over jinn and to be able to communicate to them to do things, but they don't really have that power. And then as soon as the jinn are sort of done using these individuals, they abandoned them. Yeah, that kind of goes one-to-one with the uh, gene giving out wishes. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. That's that sad. You even get abandoned by fucking demons. Right. Well, it's supposed to be I feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> what what this didn't do, too, like, is uh, they really, like, break these sorcerers down over the course of the process. And similar to, like, demonic possessions in the West, is that um you know the demons come into your body and they really ruin your life they ruin your relationships sounds uh, like women yeah basically yeah. yeah basically like ethereal women uh they ruin your life they ruin your we can all agree who the real demons are right right yeah get you fired from your job uh go off and cheat you run off with a with a black guy and uh, <laughs> uh you know all the things that you know uh women usually do but um they really ruin these people's lives, and that's sort of like was the cautionary tale of de- dealing with uh, portal entities in most mythologies is that, uh, you know, you may think you have power over these entities, and you really don't. These things are way more powerful than you'll ever be. And, you know, if, if you feel like you have any power over them, it's only because they want you to believe that. And in the process... So it's just of an illusion they give you so yeah. they have control over you. Exactly. And in the process of them sort of inhabiting your life, um, they break you down, they take everything that you have, and they're sort of, you know, you really don't notice this because you have all these, like, special cool powers, but once they leave you, you're left really with nothing. And, I mean, look at people like Aleister Crowley, who, you know, I believe was most certainly uh, perfectly perfectly possessed uh probably one of the most perfectly possessed individuals ever uh look at just the story of his life at the you know he was a you know multi-millionaire at the beginning of his life and he basically you know screwed all of his money away on these stupid little adventures you know going Alistair Crowley was like a demon cum dumpster yeah he really was I mean like to be honest with you that's really what he basically was at the end of his life they left him and he was nothing but a heroin addict and that's really the moral of the story there's so much information though surrounding Alistair Crowley. It's just so vague on so many different levels. Right. I mean, hard to pinpoint what exactly he's been doing uh, as you know, 
the main portion element of his life. And then uh, there is also a theory that he might have been a my six agent and uh, that he's been possessed, like you said, or allowed the possession. He was an occultist that started several cults. Yeah, I definitely think we should do an episode on him someday because I mean, we shouldn't get into it too much today, but uh, yeah. that would be an interesting talk. We'll be here forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that, that cum dumpster for a while. We can get to the Lovecraft thing where like Lovecraft has a few books on the which is interesting too that both him and Lovecraft were fascinated with 1001 Arabian Nights, which is sort oh, yeah, of like the Al Hazard most, guy, right? Yeah, right. Uh, they're they're fascinated with that book. Um, so fascinated it like Lovecraft had an Arabic sort of um, alter ego that uh, ended up coming into the story as sort of the author of the Necronomicon, and um, Crowley named his uh, one of his cults the uh, Gnostic Christian Church of the East or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was based in sort of like Islamic kind of prehistory W. Yeah, oh, yeah, there it is. Sounds, cool, sounds, uh, sounds Semitic yeah. and gay. It's very yeah. Semitic. Yeah. Semitic and gay. Very Semitic. So, um, yeah, that's really like kind of like where that all that stuff comes from is sort of like, you know, pre-Arabian mythology. Yeah, enemy tribes <laughs> mythology from the very beginning. <laughs> but that's first, pretty much all. First twenty three me and now this. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's pretty much all I had in the gin. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. So if anybody else wants to like talk about the okay, gin, uh, Wendigo, you've got something for us. Yeah, or do I'm you guys sorry. want to take a break? Like, how are you feeling? Let's do Pat's thing, and then we can take a break. Yeah, so I just wanted to get into the whole, like, so I think this is, I was going to, what I was going to get into is the whole idea that I think these spirits are kind of like the Fae. They're, they, these are like the idea, they, these things date back to like, you know, obviously pre-Islamic Middle Eastern times. And so they're, I think these are, I guess the demons, like in the Greek sense, or they're just, you know, um, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, uh, I, I think. 10%. Yeah, I think that these are like the Semitic equivalent of like our Indo-European sort of. Uh, well, you, you also got to consider, although a lot of material is passed through Islamic and Arabic world, it does not mean that jinn uh, were not part of other people's societies. You know, it's just something that was passed down to us in writing from Islamic literature. So yeah. there might have been uh, all over the place, more so to speak. Yeah, right. and that's the thing. It's like these are, you know, there, there's, there's certain stories and it seems to be there's like three different groups of, three main different groups of religions that sort of split off. And I'm not really going to get into all that, but what I will say is that, you know, these, these spirits are, you know, they're neither good, for the most part, they're neither good nor bad. You can't really categorize them. And, but at the end of the day, they have effect, they do have real, real effects on the world, I think. Like, I I totally believe that in some, in some capacity, this sort of thing, this sort of entity is real. You know, no matter, the names for it don't necessarily matter, but there is like some sort of incorporate, incorporeal, like, 
entities that exist. I agree with that. And uh, I would say so, so. Say so as well. Now, I wouldn't necessarily call them elementals, but they are definitely elemental in a sense too. I, I agree yeah. with that also. Now, well, that's I, just a new name to categorize them, you know, because there there is no really name throughout history to, you know, categorize certain beings. So uh, that's a modern concept. Yeah. Now, like, I will say, like, any, uh, any, uh, you know, any of these beings working with the uh, enemy tribe, shall we say, are not uh, beings I want to exist, corporeal or not. <laughs> you know, uh, I want the, uh, I want the, uh, the ones that are on uh, my people's side, though. They're probably great. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah exactly well i definitely think there is like um some truth to the uh abrahamic notion of these uh beings sort of convincing people that they are deities to be venerated even though i know that that that's for by and large a uh, a propaganda point from those religions yeah. I definitely think that there that if these beings do exist, I, what I kind of wonder, you know, what I kind of I mean, wonder, is if they have, I kind of wonder if they have offspring similar to like the Nephilim. You know what I mean? If yeah, yeah, it's like when you're talking about Nephilim, you know, maybe you're not just talking about like angels or whatever. Maybe you're talking about these things if they are, whether they're one and the same or not. It's like you know, maybe this, these races of giants we hear about, you know come from this coincidentally giants are also elemental beings <laughs> so would they be the earth elementals earth. yes giants are earth elementals golems different species also earth elemental uh, and you know, then you got the dwarves elves etc 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 each element has its own species however in Nephilim's case and don't take my word for this but you know um there is also a possibility of extraterrestrial life. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, yeah, no yeah, that, that's definitely <laughs> another. And actually, that's where, gonna, that's where I was going to take this, was that, you know, just because, like, like what, is it, what is an alien, you know? If you haven't actually observed it, it's like, well, it could exist outside of time and, sp- like, time and space as you know it. You know what I mean? You don't, you might not be able to observe it. Yeah, I was going to say, is the alien the air elemental since they come from the sky? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, possibly. It doesn't, like, aliens don't have, like, we don't have to operate within sort of, like, the, the neoliberal, like, homosexual yeah. scientific yeah, framework. Yeah, exactly. Like, we could, like, even, like, a- aliens don't have to be something that's, like, physically off in the universe living on a planet and coming here. Like, they could be an interdimensional creature that, you know, appears a certain way to us and that we're just misrepresenting it because we don't have a framework within our materialist. I I don't mean to start the whole topic, but I'll just mention this. Uh, Earlier, how I explained the vibration levels for elemental life, right? You know, our vibration uh, levels are a little bit different. Well, it's generally believed that actual aliens and off-world species, when they come across Earth, they would have to tune their vibration and timing sequence to ours. So in all real, in all reality, as uh, taking this concept into consideration, 
there's a whole bunch of shit that can exist out there, both on our world that we don't usually see, and, uh, you know, actual extraterrestrial worlds, just in a different vibrational sequences, if that makes any sense. So, like, this opens up a whole broad spectrum of possibilities, and could potentially explain just about everything. <laughs> I think there was a few ancient societies that are probably more advanced than we give them credit for, and probably don't even know about. And I will say, I think they're asking they're asking similar physical and metaphysical questions to what we are right here. You know, I think that there's with what they're trying to understand and their understanding of these sort of beings and what gods are, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And uh, I think I think you don't need to limit yourself between aliens and spirits when yes. you know they could be one and the same and assert to assert like like within like definitions and degrees like what does it matter how you define it <laughs> like right well I think it does matter a little bit because well, um, it matters for the sake a, of communication but well also if it's a native species to Earth that's been here from um, Gazillion Lanius. Uh, more or less, it's like an earthling, right? Like us. And if an extraterrestrial life comes from another galaxy or whatever, you know, that's not the native species that's been evolving here or living here for a very long time. So I think, I think that part might matter. That my take on it's always bit. been. My, my take on it's always been. It's, it's like if something's if a form of life is that advanced, it's probably a little of column A and a little of column B. But the fuck do I know? You know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, there that like there is a capstone that we can reach where it's like we're only going to be able to explain certain things within our own framework framework as well. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, we are just people. Yeah, certain shit's not going to ever make sense, but we can do our best with that. I do agree with you absolutely that human. I think humanity is way older than what the uh, the I fucking love science fags always say. Yeah, um, those yeah. people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Just um, <laughs> when you go and like actually read ancient scriptures, like go go read the Mahabharata. There, there's a quote telling that, me human beings yeah. are like you've been around for how long? You say there. Yeah, like, I mean, plus there's there's a quote about like. A little science gets you farther from God, and a lot of science gets you closer to God. It's like, yeah, you guys, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> well, it's not that they worship science as their God. They have no. Yeah, I mean, they're complete yeah. materialists, is what they are. Like they, they are the communists. They are the uh, the people. Yeah, who cannot and, break and out that's of the, the thing is, like something like this, something like this will never even be capable of being understood by a materialist. And that's exactly. like the, the science that, settled. Yeah, and as something like this, that's like both physical and not in metaphysical. It's like, well, they'll never under, they'll never be able to understand it. They're limiting themselves, you know. Right. Science is dumb and it's wrong. The Bible is more real. Whatever bad. Experiment <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, that's fucking great. That's, that's great. Best, one of the best things he said. Yeah. You know, Fire Firebet said something earlier. I don't mean to bring it back, but this was. Um, you know, way before we started talking about genius, you know, the whole topic about serpents. And um, there's a little input I wanted to make, you know. Yeah, you guys are familiar with CDs, right? It's the med- modern-day medical symbol, allegedly, you know. Oh, the from the- Yeah, Canicus, sorry. Um, allegedly, we adopted it from Greeks that uh, adopted it from Egypt, right? 
So uh, here's the thing. Across Americas, Native American tribes have a very similar symbol without the staff, right? And they say that to them, that was given by people that came from the stars, and that represents human DNA, double helix DNA. A number of different uh, tribes say this in South America and in North America. Yeah, now though, it's there and in Europe. <laughs> also, also this is backed by archaeological findings. You know, modern day archaeologists it might take them ten years to start accepting these facts, but. There is severe evidence of Greeks and especially Egyptians being in uh, South America. They got Greek uh, engraving on patteries, the um, entrance to a pyramid building designed in a similar way, and many, many archaeological evidence they've been pulling up as of late. So I would theorize, it is in my theory, that uh, ancient Egyptians have traveled to Americas, and there might have been a cultural exchange. And they adapted this to serpents from the natives and brought it back to them, you know, to North Africa and Middle East and et cetera, and that yeah. concept might have spread. I yeah, I don't want to get too to far off topic. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too far off. Like, yeah. what, I will, what, I, what I, will, I will add to that is I think America has, the early Americas have both Semitic and European influences. I'll add to that as well and say that there is evidence, too, of uh, Egyptian mummies having cocaine <laughs> and uh, tobacco in their... Sounds pretty lit. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm not going to blame any Egyptians for that. Fuck yeah, you. no, uh, but um, I, I, per, I mean, this again, we need to do this in another stream where we talk about, like, ancient history, but I'm a big fan of, like, uh, the sort of okay. ancient Aryan, uh, the ancient Aryan explorations around the world and the mythologies that come from so. Oh, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, if John dynamic, yeah, we're yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. This, yeah. this is gonna, this is my wheelhouse. Yeah, this is but, we're uh, gonna talk about it now, but we're you know we'll, another day we'll get into it. <laughs> we was we was Nephil no <laughs> we we, we was Hawaxwakaddle and shit. We was star <laughs> children and shit. <laughs> we is Hawaxwakaddle. Uh, all right, so are you are you done with your segment? No. Um, I just know? wanted to get into the, more... the ghoul thing, too, real quick. Okay, okay, let's hear about the ghoul. It hit it. Yeah, so ghouls, there's stories even now in the modern day of ghouls existing in, um, like, especially in the cemeteries of, like, Saudi Arabia and Iraq. And and actually Egypt, too, oh. is another big one. And so, ghoul, it's funny because the ghouls come across as very similar to the Wendigos, where it's, like, almost like... I don't know if this is 100% true, but it comes across as, like, they're from breaking the taboos on cannibalism. Like, no matter the reason, you end up becoming, turning into a monster, essentially. And in the case of, like, in the case of, like, the, the Arab world and the Middle East, they it becomes more of the stereotypical ghoul, you know, the Hollywood-style ghoul, where it's like, oh, they live in cemeteries and, you know, they eat the dead, and you know, sometimes possibly the living. And um, it, it's funny how it relates to, like, the frozen north and then the deserts of, like, some of the hottest fucking places on Earth have, like, this stories of a similar entity and the similar being. Now, that could just be a moral story, you know, a moral lesson, but I don't know. 
I mean, there's there's stories from like God. I think it was like 2017 where supposedly some people, and I think it was Saudi Arabia, got attacked by fucking ghouls. And uh, you know, some of this stuff's really interesting, and like it goes back quite a while too. So at the very least, something to take with seriously culturally. Uh, there's definitely lots of stories from different cultures about you know, the wars with these uh, poor beings, and I think the ghoul thing is definitely fascinating. I wish we had like a lot more time just to go into that all by itself because that'd be a really deep dive as well. I mean, I wish we had even more time to go into like more Islamic and or pre-Islamic Arabian shit because it's absolutely fascinating to me. All the, yeah, all yeah. The, I, I mean, mean, like honestly, like okay. Well, I will have this announcement maybe another day, but um, a certain book that we could read, uh, Wendigo, would be One Thousand One Arabian Nights. Oh yeah, I would do yeah, that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I want so a video clip of a gin being caught on camera. Yes. Uh, do you want to play that. this after you finish? Sure. All right. Let me I won't see this gin. Spooky. I also watched hours of these videos. <laughs> you have to do your research. They're the good stuff. We get into the good stuff. <laughs> the good stuff. It's good. You talking about posting on Twitter? Is that what he said? Yeah, hashtag Twitter. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> the fucking the, the gin's gonna hack his Twitter. <laughs> Hit the like and subscribe. Hit the like and subscribe. <laughs> Be sure to ring that notification bell. Like and subscribe. I'm waiting for him to tell us about G Fuel. <laughs> At least he's not talking about Gamergate. Then I'd fucking stuck start, uh, start a shotgun. <laughs> I will say, like, these Islamic like, ghost videos are so much better than, like, American ghost videos. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, they're oh, not as blurry. Not as blurry. So much more better content. I'm like, I guess because there's, like, less humidity, so... I feel the like desert, atmospheric distortion. <laughs> I feel the fear of God in them. Wait until he starts yelling at it. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> he starts yelling, man. I love it. Oh, come <laughs> my only question is that why does he not have an AK-47 weapon? Yeah, how do you know he doesn't have yeah, one? It could be strapped on his yeah, back. Dude, did you just assume his weaponry? Yeah, dude. This is this is Syria. Look how bombed out this fucking place looks. He probably has an uh, RPG with him as well. He's got a mini nuke suitcase on him. I did not mean to assume his weaponry. I apologize. <laughs> he better have something Kalashnikov related, though. Otherwise, he's a faggot. Yeah, I mean, you're using American shit. 
Like, oh, he's using an AR. Okay, cool. it better be a gold-plated AK because I'd be very disappointed. Dude, Saddam, like this is Saddam's son. He just escaped to Saudi Arabia, is living around. Speaking of Saddam, they're posting way too many lame memes of Saddam being buried in caves and shit. Is that Tulsi Gabbard on the side there? I'd smash. <laughs> mommy. Woo, <laughs> mommy. Woo, mommy. Oh, there's this milk, mommy. Milk Wouldn't it be like funny for like the rest of this video was just him kicking that door open and gin shutting it, and then he gets back over the gin shutting it. This is very unrelated, but I was just thinking if I ever had to debate Tulsi Gabbard, she walked on stage, I'd just be like, "Milk trucks arrived." <laughs> <laughs> debate over. Debate over. Based. Hello, based. Get a mic drop after that. Like, oh, did really she drive here herself? Though. She shouldn't do that. I mean, that. it's pretty well lit for a place that doesn't have electricity. You got some tendies with those milkers? <laughs> yeah. You can have chalky milk with those tendies. Well, you see, it's the light of Allah that is uh, <laughs> guiding his way. It is. It's the gin, man. It's the gin. He's got it's, it's the lamp. It's oil. <laughs> he's got oil lamp that he's using. <laughs> These things always start out like kind of boring, and they get like hyped real fast. It's like Ghost Hunters, but uh, yeah, but, but like, but like not gay. And, yeah. uh from New England. Being from New England, we're running NVGs, yeah, and you can't see shit with them. Being from New England's inherently a fucking hell, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, hey, this is only part one. Is there part two? Oh. Is he praying to it? No, it yeah, sounds like he was rebuking like Satan because they say Satan over there. Yeah, they say so Satan. So he was probably well, rebuking actually, the, uh, in the name of Satan. Satan just means like demon. Like, yeah, I thought I meant the ad- advisor. Yeah. Or... It, it literally just means like it. It just means the same thing as Jin, basically. I oh, it doesn't mean that like was a, a Dragon Ball Z character. It's what? Yeah, oh shit! Yeah. Whoa! What was it? Dude, he's probably got a gun if he's kicking doors in like that. <laughs> he's actually not looking for gin. He's actually looking for Syrian children. It's, start, it's starting to look like Call of Duty people. gameplay right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, put the Doom guy music I know, in the background. I was background. just about to fucking grab <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to light this gin right the fuck up. Bitch better have my money, right? Sounds like someone's in another room, like kicking over shit. Yeah, had... that was me. <laughs> I was trying to get some Cheerio. The Tulsi Gabbard there to give you the milk for him. Sound like he loaded yeah, fucking Makan. better. Maybe she's a Hindu. Oh well, she can't be as base as I. Husband was. Oh, here we go, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's get it. Let's fucking get it. Let's get a lesson. Let's get the berserker. Yeah, I, hope, I don't think you do that with video game music. Uh, Thank um, God. Dude, inshallah, we as won't l- get As long as we had commentary over it. Yeah, we have the power of Allah on our side anyway, so, like, what the fuck is yeah. YouTube gonna do? 
Just yell F slurs in the fucking song. At least, at least he said that an hour after the start of the show. So, well, Hopefully, it's a joke uh, anyway. I wasn't doesn't... even being actually anti-Semitic <laughs> that time. That time. We saw someone. We love Israel. We love the Jews. Yeah, dude. Fuck Palestinian children. I light them on what? fire too. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no Allah other than Netanyahu. I saw like a little light thing like flicker across. I don't know what if that was, was that a bird. Oh, that's a bird. Yeah, I think it's a, a dove. It's a gin that has possessed a bird. It's one of the things that died. That there's like a couple different types of gin. I mean, sort of thing. When one do of what, birds. Guys, when are we talking so about the fact orb. birds are surveillance devices and birds aren't real? No, I don't also, it's like a CIA drone that was watching him. Yeah, it's all CIA. <laughs> yeah. Birds are if this was right. Fallout, he would have found some stim packs by now. Yeah. He would have ran into some, like, feral dog by now, too, though. Let's see if you can find some rat away up here. <laughs> Why is he running? He's clearly panicking. It's only going uh oh, someone's moving furniture. Oh, oh someone's coming bucket. behind. Remember that bucket? He's... Yeah, yeah. The, the demon's getting ready for a table, ladder, and chair match. <laughs> he's not having a good very, time. Yeah, you don't sound very confident, my guy. <laughs> why like the he's fuck? like regrets some decisions he's made. Why the fuck would you chase it if you're scared? I would have pulled my cock out by it? now and been like, <laughs> <"What's your laughs> chasing it down. It's cock and roll. You're gonna T-pose like how... after after you yeah. get in front of it. Yeah, I just T-pose on it. Well, that's probably Saddam Hussein's house or some shit. It's the ghost of Saddam. He's gonna shit on like... the gin. Did you hear that? <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, it's just like a member of the enemy tribe. Yeah. <laughs> some dude, some dude with a giant nose just pokes his head around the corner. Just <laughs> raises interest rates. Oh no, the door's closing by itself. He uh, he's rubbing two shekels together menacingly. Oh shit. What's in the closet? What's in the box? He's yelling at it now. I was about to say there's a dick in the box, but clearly not. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, shit! The doors are closing on their own. <laughs> you just gotta play the Oblivion guard. So it sounds like he's cocked his rifle at least twice by now, but he hasn't fired any rounds yet. Oh, okay. The, the shame delusion. Yeah, that's right, brother. You let that fucking spear in He will never, ever leave you if your heart is filled with gloom. So let the sun shine in. Smilers never lose 
I hope we don't get copyrights for this song. Fuck it. You can't copyright no strike the fifties. No one gives a fuck about old music. Oh man, I, I did get copyright struck for some fifties music. It was for the promo video, so it's like I'm not trying to monetize a promo video. It's like less than a minute, you know. What are they gonna yeah. do? Like dig those chicks up and put her on like the stand? Maybe pay I don't know if it's like the record company that asked for the royalties since the family. Oh, oh, the around. record company. Oh, oh. oh, I wonder who. I wonder who that could be. So don't play. <laughs> I think the enemy tribe might own it. Yeah, they just don't. They just didn't want to be exposed to snake people. That's why they're fucking copyright striking us. To be honest. That's a joke, guys. That's a joke. This is don't purely spit, satire. Don't spit, don't spit venom at me, please. <laughs> <laughs> It almost sounds like the start of rave music with the drum and bass here before they do the drop. Yeah, yeah, like Jamaican dude will get on the mic and start freestyling. You should just put some Afro man beats behind this shit. If Derude Sandstorm had lyrics, this would be it. Like, this is the most like, believable one I think I've seen of these so far. Oh, yeah, dude. He he, he actually seems scared as fuck. Yeah, he seems scared. Yeah, look, you see how high-pitched his voice is getting there? But, like, not only that, but, like, you'll see him, like, whenever he kicks his way through a door that opens, he moves his camera right to the point where, like, there would be a person if they if they did that, you know what I mean? Like, some of the yeah, other videos, like, like, he walks into the room, and, like, the rock got chucked from the right-hand side of the screen. He's making sure not to look at the right-hand side of the screen, so it's like, okay. Yeah, and in this case, it seems like there is definitely, like, doors moving all over. Yeah. It just seems like it would be, like, a lot to fake this. and Right. Dude, there's one I wish I could have found that was, like, it was something, man. It was wild. There's, like, a well or something, and there was something screaming up at this dude from the well. And in the building, there was, like, all kinds of wild shit going on. Door shutting, like... Yeah, dude, say, the, the island of dolls in, in Mexico, not to get off topic, but that shit's wild, too. That's spooky. The what? That's spooky. The island of the dolls in, in near Mexico City, that huh. shit's fucking crazy. Interesting. I don't care that. Oh, so, okay, Ruski, so you had some content, or do you need to take a break? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay. I think we'll uh, move on to our blast from the past segment. Let me pull that up. So I've got here one of the greater mysteries of the Middle East. Playing for you guys. I'm ready whenever you are. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yep. In the early 1960s, no. the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff... Hold on, pause it real quick, Klaus. ...concocted a plan for false flag operations as a pretext to invade Cuba and for war with the Soviet Union. In Operation North... Oh, is this when the Jin sunk the USS Liberty? How do you know they did it? ...time to carry out... That were contained they is the just living they true cracker of a u.s naval vessel <laughs> that was to be blamed on a foreign power 
as a pretext for war with any enemy they picked. President Lyndon Baines Johnson went operational with Northwoods on June 8, 1967 during the Six-Day War. During the Six-Day War between Israel and the Arab nations, the USS Liberty was sent by Johnson to collect electronic intelligence in the eastern Mediterranean. The clearly marked U.S. intelligence ship was 14 miles off the coast of Israel in international waters. A short time after the air attack had been completed, the two torpedo boats approached us from our starboard quarter at high speed and in an apparent torpedo launch attitude. Israeli surveillance aircraft flew low over the ship and clearly identified it as an American vessel. At 2 p.m. that afternoon, the USS Liberty was attacked by three Mirage 3 fighter bombers. From the onset of the attack, the fighter bombers were jamming U.S. signals. Not only were they jamming U.S. signals specifically, wow, they were also unmarked, cool. the only unmarked aircraft in Israel's arsenal. The sound effects are awesome. Their cannons dropped conventional munitions and napalm on the ship, repeatedly from stem to stern. After the Mirages had done their work, the ship was hit by medium bomber Dassault Misseries, carrying napalm and other munitions like white phosphorus. The USS Liberty was then attacked by three Israeli torpedo boats bearing... Were Palestinians recently white phosphorus? ...boats opened fire with high-caliber machine guns and launched torpedoes. It happens a, a lot. Yeah, it happens quite a bit. ...blowing a hole in both sides, entering the ship and leaving a 30-foot exit hole when it exploded. Then the torpedo boats began strafing life rafts in the water, an international war crime. While the Palestinians the took away their diapers, the Israelis took away their lives. The attack on the Liberty went on for hour after hour after hour. During the entire attack, the USS Liberty continually called the 6th Fleet that was nearby, begging for air support or rescue. Two aircraft carriers in the Med responded by launching fighter aircraft. Unbelievably, they were recalled by the White House. Rear Admiral Geis, then commanding the carriers in the 6th Fleet, called Washington personally to confirm the recall order. Secretary of Defense McNamara came on the line, and then President Johnson himself told Geis, I want that goddamn ship going to the bottom. No help. Recall the wings. Imagine being Admiral Geis begging the president to allow you to defend an American ship that's under attack and being told by him that he wants the ship going to the bottom. Despite the fact that the U.S. carriers withdrew their help, a Russian spy ship appeared and witnessed part of the attack. After three hours into the attack, the Israelis withdrew because there were witnesses, allowing the damaged USS Liberty to limp to safety. Forty years after the attack on the USS Liberty, we know exactly what happened. I've interviewed former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Thomas Moore. I've interviewed the admirals that were on the line who heard what President Johnson said. I've even talked to the head JAG officer of the Navy, who was ordered to falsify the reports and cover up what had really happened. One of the Israeli pilots has gone public as well, saying that three times he refused over his radio to headquarters to attack the ship, saying clearly that it was an American ship in international waters and an ally. He was ordered under threat of court-martial to engage the ship. In a nutshell, this is what happened. President Johnson had personal control over the ship, parked it in the Mediterranean, made a backroom deal with Israel to attack it with an order to kill all aboard. Then the attack on the ship was to be blamed on Egypt. The U.S. would enter the war and take over the entire Middle East in the aftermath of the attack on the most highly decorated ship in U.S. history. 
the captain and his entire crew were told they would spend life in prison or be killed if they told anyone what happened. Captain William L. McGonagall was given the Congressional Medal of Honor in secret and told not to tell anyone that he had won the award. McGonagall. Interesting. Oh no, our stream got cut off. Oh. Oh God. It's like another. It's like another. It's like another potato well, at least Van was recording, so everything will be appearing in the audio portion nice of the podcast. Nice try, tribe. Damn. Huh. Damn. They will not they stop our be. signal. I, you know what I the love about this? The truth will get out somehow. Yeah, you know what I love about this? is the fact that it's like, we don't have any power. Shuts things, proceeds to shut things down. It's like, right, right. well, you just kind of proved my point there, bud. So. I'm starting to feel like the liberty, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel like, I feel like slow mo shackles died. Just keeps trying to sink me. Terrible joke. You know? Terrible joke. We're not allowed to make uh... jokes anymore. We are not allowed to make jokes. It's <laughs> not funny. Racism is not funny. <laughs> Racism is hilarious. <laughs> so we're at the end of our show. I'd like to thank uh, Tehan Aruski for joining us today. Thanks, this is the portion where we're usually Good. shells. So, uh, do you have any uh, social media where people can follow you? Like, uh, do you have a Twitter or something like that? Actually, not for this. Okay, that's that's all right. Some people don't feel comfortable <laughs> yeah. doing that. Yeah. I mean, I have my other hobbies, but that most revolves around guns and cars. And uh, oh hell yeah. It, <laughs> it'll probably have you listed as an extremist on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I keep counting those messages pop up. What do you know? Uh, Van, you got anything you want to show? Uh, almost positive. We'll come back whenever the fuck we feel like it. There you go. That's my shill. Fair. Fair. Okay. Firebat, do you have anything you want to show? As previously stated, it's not about the shill. Okay. But there there might be something in the works, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, okay. Can we keep us posted drama. here? Will do. Uh, oh. Wendigo, do you have anything you need to show? Uh, all I'm going to say is subscribe to our channel. Make it so we can have some ads. So we can, like, I can go make a cabin in the woods and just not have to deal with people anymore. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Give me enough money awesome. so I don't have to make this show anymore. <laughs> like, I just want to live in, like, uh, like the middle just, of nowhere with these guys IRL. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty based, but I think we still need the show to do that. It's true. It's true. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I could use a phone and some the internet connection. It'll be fine. Are you going to get one of those track phones like the uh, Walmart that you can just, you know, burn? You know, use as a burner so they don't track yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'll record on none of those. It'll be fine. So you can follow our Twitter. We are Atomic Shaman Sweat Lodge at Motel and RV Park. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter account. Master Roshi's Turtle Hermit Boomer posting at Big Sip a Monster. And uh, and I'd suggest following us. uh, Our next show will be. Let me pull up my calendar real quick. So, our next show should be on July the 14th. And we'll delve into the mysteries of Mexico. And that's going to be fun, and we'll have an expert guest on our panel about Mexican cryptids and ghost stories. We'll personally rape La Llorona. 
Whoa. <laughs> that is <laughs> all. Gang. I'll get some crying noises. Inshallah. <laughs> Mis hijos, mis hijos. Mis hijos. Okay, guys, I, I think that's a wrap. I think it's pretty good.